Chapter Fifty One of California Sketches by Oscar Penn Fitzgerald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifty One Lone Mountain. The sea wind sweeps over the spot at times in gusts like the frenzy of a hopeless grief, and at times in sighs as gentle as those heaved by aged sorrow in sight of eternal rest. The voices of the great city come faintly over the sand hills with subdued murmur like a lullaby to the pale sleepers that are here lying low. When the winds are quiet, which is not often, the moan of the mighty Pacific can be heard day or night, as if it voiced in muffled tones the unceasing woe of a world under the reign of death. Westward, on the summit of a higher hill, a huge cross stretches its arms as if embracing the living and the dead, the first object that catches the eye of the weary voyager as he nears the golden gate the last that meets his lingering gaze as he goes forth upon the great waters o sacred emblem of the faith with which we launch upon life's stormy main of the hope that assures us that we shall reach the port when the night and the tempest are past when the winds are high the booming of the breakers on the cliff sounds as if nature were impatient of the long long delay and had anticipated the last thunders that wake the sleeping dead on a clear day the blue pacific stretching away beyond the snowy surf line symbolizes the shoreless sea that rolls through eternity the cliff house road that runs hard by is the chief drive of the pleasure seekers of san francisco gaiety and laughter and heartbreak and tears meet on the drive the wail of agony and the laugh of gladness mingle as the gay crowds dash by the slow-moving procession on its way to the grave how often have i made that slow sad journey to lone mountain a via doloroso to many who have never been the same after they had gone thither and coming back found the light quenched and the music hushed in their homes thither the dead senator was borne followed by the tramping thousands rank on rank amid the booming of minute guns the tolling of bells the measured tread of plumed soldiers and the roll of drums thither was carried in his rude coffin the unknown man found dead in the streets to be buried in potter's field thither was borne the hard and grasping idolater of riches who clung to his coin and clutched for more until he was dragged away by the one hand that was colder and stronger than his own here was brought the little child out of whose narrow grave there blossomed the beginnings of a new life to the father and mother who in the better life to come will be found among the blessed company of those whose only path to paradise lay through the valley of tears here were brought the many wanderers whose last earthly wish was to go back home on the other side of the mountains to die but were denied by the stern messenger who never waits nor spares and here was brought the mortal part of the aged disciple of jesus in whose dying chamber the two worlds met and whose death throes were demonstrably the birth of a child of god into the life of glory the first time i ever visited the place was to attend the funeral of a suicide the dead man i had known in virginia when i was a boy he was a graduate of the virginia military institute and when i first knew him he was the captain of a famous volunteer company 
he was as handsome as a picture the admiration of the girls and the envy of the young men of his native town he was among the first who rushed to california on the discovery of gold and of all the heroic men who gave early california its best bias none was knightlier than this handsome virginian none won stronger friends or had brighter hopes he was the first state senator from san francisco he had the magnetism that won and the nobility that retained the love of men some men pushed themselves forward by force of intellect or of will this man was pushed upward by his friends because he had their hearts he married a beautiful woman whom he loved literally unto death i shall not recite the whole story god only knows it fully and he will judge righteously there was trouble rage and tears passionate partings and penitent reunions the old story of love dying a lingering yet violent death on the fatal morning i met him on washington street i noticed his manner was hurried and his look peculiar as i gave him the usual salutation and a hearty grasp of the hand as he moved away i looked after him with mingled admiration and pity until his faultless figure turned the corner and disappeared ten minutes afterward he lay on the floor of his room dead with a bullet through his brain his hair dabbled in blood at the funeral service in the little church on pine street strong men bowed their heads and sobbed his wife sat on a front seat pale as marble and as motionless her lips compressed as with inward pain but i saw no tears on the beautiful face at the grave the body had been lowered to its resting-place and all being ready the attendants standing with uncovered heads i was just about to begin the reading of the solemn words of the burial service when a tall blue-eyed man with gray side-whiskers pushed his way to the head of the grave and in a voice choked with passion exclaimed there lies as noble a gentleman as ever breathed and he owes his death to that fiend pointing his finger at the wife who stood pale and silent looking down into the grave she gave him a look that i shall never forget and the large steely blue eyes flashed fire but she spoke no word i spoke whatever may be your feelings or whatever the occasion for them you degrade yourself by such an exposition of them here that is so sir excuse me my feelings overcame me he said and retiring a few steps he leaned upon a branch of a scrub oak and sobbed like a child the farce and the tragedy of real life were here exhibited on another occasion among my acquaintances in the city were a man and his wife who were singularly mismatched he was a plain unlettered devout man who in a prayer meeting or class meeting talked with a simple-hearted earnestness that always produced a happy effect she was a cultured woman ambitious and worldly and so fine-looking that in her youth she must have been a beauty and a belle they lived in different worlds and grew wider apart as time passed by he giving himself to religion she giving herself to the world in the gay city circles in which she moved she was a little ashamed of the quiet humble old man and he did not feel at home among them there was no formal separation but it was known to the friends of the family that for months at a time they never lived together the fashionable daughters went with their mother 
the good old man after a short sickness died in great peace i was sent for to officiate at the funeral service there was a large gathering of people and a brave parade of all the externals of grief but it was mostly dry-eyed grief so far as i could see at the grave just as the sun that was sinking in the ocean threw his last rays upon the spot and the first shovelful of earth fell upon the coffin that had been gently lowered to its resting-place there was a piercing shriek from one of the carriages followed by the exclamation what shall i do how can i live i have lost my all oh 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 it was the dead man's wife significant glances and smiles were interchanged by the bystanders approaching the carriage in which the woman was sitting i laid my hand upon her arm looked her in the face and said hush she understood me and not another sound did she utter poor woman she was not perhaps as heartless as they thought she was there was at least a little remorse in those forced exclamations when she thought of the dead man in the coffin but her eyes were dry and she stopped very short another incident recurs to me that points in a different direction one day the most noted gambler in san francisco called on me with the request that i should attend the funeral of one of his friends who had died the night before a splendid-looking fellow was this knight of the pharaoh table more than six feet in height with deep chest and perfectly rounded limbs jet black hair brilliant black eyes clear olive complexion and easy manners he might have been taken for an italian nobleman or a spanish don he had a tinge of cherokee blood in his veins i have noticed that this cross of the white and cherokee blood often results in producing this magnificent physical development i have known a number of women of this lineage who were very queens in their beauty and carriage but this noted gambler was illiterate the only book of which he knew or cared much was one that had fifty-two pages with twelve pictures if he had been educated he might have handled the reins of government instead of presiding over a nocturnal banking institution parson can you come to number blank on kearney street to-morrow at ten o'clock and give us a few words and a prayer over a friend of mine who died last night i promised to be there and he left his friend like himself had been a gambler he was from new york he was well educated gentle in his manners and a general favorite with the rough and desperate fellows with whom he associated but with whom he seemed out of place the passion for gambling had put its terrible spell on him and he was helpless in its grasp but though he mixed with the crowds that thronged the gambling hells he was one of them only in the absorbing passion for play there was a certain respect shown him by all that venturesome fraternity he went to fraser river during the gold excitement in consequence of exposure and privation in that wild chase after gold which proved fatal to so many eager adventurers he contracted pulmonary disease and came back to san francisco to die he had not a dollar 
his gambler friend took charge of him placed him in a good boarding place hired a nurse for him and for nearly a year provided for all his wants i knew him when he was in better luck said he and felt like i ought to stand by him at the funeral there was a large attendance of gamblers with a sprinkling of women whose social status was not clearly defined to my mind during the solemn service there was deep feeling down the bronzed faces of the noted gambler the tears flowed freely as he stood near the foot of the coffin as he listened to those thrilling words from the fifteenth chapter of first corinthians there was a look of wonder and inquiry and awe on his face what were his thoughts at the cemetery they lowered the body tenderly into the grave listened with uncovered heads to the closing words of the ritual for the burial of the dead and then dispersed doubtless going back to the old life but it may be with some better thoughts i was sitting in my office at work on the same afternoon when the tall and portly form of the gambler presented itself parson you went through that funeral this morning in a way that suited me take this with my thanks as he spoke he extended his hand with ever so many shining gold pieces twenties tens and fives no i said it is contrary to the usage of my church and to my own taste to take pay for burying a fellow-man after thoughtfully considering a moment he said that suits me but would you object to wearing a little trinket on your watch-chain coming from a man like me seeing his heart was set on it i told him i would not decline taking such a token of his good will the gift of a most beautiful and costly japanese crystal was the result i wore it for many years and when it was lost at los angeles in eighteen seventy seven i felt quite sorry it reminded me of an incident that showed the good side of human nature in a circle in which the other side is usually uppermost my pencil lingers as i think of this far-away resting-place of the dead and as i lay it down i seem to hear the ocean's moan and the dirge of the winds and the pale images of many many faces that have faded away into the darkness of death rise before me some of them with radiant smiles and beckoning hands End of chapter fifty one